Hello. Hi. Happy Halloween. Happy <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. Oh, we are here together. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we, we are. We just spent the morning in Salem, so could not yes. get more witchy than this. We got our auras red. We, we got we got them photographed. Yeah, we got them photographed. And then you got yours red. And I got mine red. And then we got a reading. We both did, yes. Which were very interesting. We'll go into it in another yeah. episode because there's a lot to talk about. There is. And we walked into a store. Oh, yes. This, I feel like, was worth noting. So we walked into a store. Okay, one thing, I'll just preface background. I'm staying in Marblehead, Massachusetts, because Mm -hmm. Kurt and I have a little thing happening this week. But actually, people already have heard it. It was morbid. It was morbid. It was the morbid crossover. crossover. (laughs) Um, But I decided to come a little early and stay here and get some writing done and, like, feel inspired and stuff. And I have. It has been amazing. Marblehead is my energy it's your space there's it's my like space. actually this strange yeah. energy vortex i call it strange but it's actually like truly magical yes where literally when you cross the border over into marblehead you just feel yes happy and you feel like free it's and liberated incredible. and warm and cared for and inspired and creative Very. it's true i went on like a 12 mile walk on Monday. And then an eight-mile eight mile run. run. <laughs> but on my 12-mile walk, I walked all the way to Salem, Massachusetts. And, like, truly the second I crossed over from Marblehead to Salem, the energy shifted. It was mm-hmm. a different energy. It wasn't as nice. It wasn't as, like, energizing or happy, which makes sense. There's a lot of dark energy in Salem. Right. But I truly came back to Marblehead and, like, felt safe again. Renewed. Renewed. So we were just in Salem this morning. And we walked into – oh, my voice just cracked – did it? Well, I didn't what? know this. Possessed. Or there's something deep within going us. through puberty again. <laughs> Actually, I just recently looked up why men's voices change. And it has to do with like the the larynx. Oh, like, just the way it develops. Full of bubbles. Yeah. Gross. But yeah, so we walked into a store in Salem. And I don't this know. This is also water, by the way. Yes. Or <laughs> very clear wine. Just water. Just water. We walked into a store. I don't even know what it was called, but immediately, mm-hmm. like truly within stepping into the store, it was like really dark, literally in the store. But both Corinne and I got instant headaches. We, we took like five feet in. Someone outside had said, you overheard them saying like this After is- though. It was after. Oh. It was when we walked out. Yeah, because we're, it was just like this huge vaulted ceiling. It looked like almost an like bank. an old- Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was just all painted black, and there was you know music, and obviously like at this time of the year, everybody has really cool shops, yeah, and, like, add witchy extra, stuff. yeah, yeah, like witchy, cool Halloween inspired decor. So we're like, ooh, what's this new place that we haven't been to? Because you and I have both gone to Salem multiple Many times. times. So we're like, let's go in, and we take a few steps in, and we're not going to dock anyone who practices Satanism or has different religious and spiritual yeah. views than us. But for us, it didn't feel good. And then after we recognize the feeling, we look around and start noticing that there is a lot of dark, praising, demonic forces. No gods, no masters, black witchcraft. What was the one that you saw? Like hail. Yeah. There was just a lot of. And then like. Negativity. Satan is my daddy, I think I saw one. It sounds funny, but, like, the way it was written was not funny. No. Yeah. It wasn't trying to, like, make it – it did not feel like it was, like, playful. It felt very – it just felt really intense. And we both felt immediately. We both were describing it. My head felt, like, really tight. It felt like pressure on top and on the sides. 
you said it felt like knuckles digging yeah into it was like head. immediately right at the crown of my head it felt like someone you know when someone gives you like a knuckle yeah. sandwich it felt like that just like someone digging their knuckles into the top of my head and we both yeah. felt like that after we left the store for a few blocks yeah i was like i feel like i mean we it's need going to, to a different store i was like let's go smell soaps and candles and, and it did crystals. help and it, <laughs> it did, did help it did it, helped. it did help yeah so anyway we're safe we're back in the vortex <laughs> the good vortex <laughs> yeah good vortex head. Yeah, I mean, after this whole month of stories and episodes, we definitely don't need to be putting ourselves in spaces like that no. right now. We, I feel like we are we are on the verge. A lot of our listeners have even said, you guys are opening yourselves up. Please be careful. Right. And so I think we just need to be extra cautious until we are like fully, mm-hmm. fully safe and cleansed. I agree. And to go off of that, I'm going to hold us to this, but mm-hmm. we need to go through our inbox and have a special encounter sometime oh. soon. With all of the people who've responded after episode 151, encounters 151 and episode 191. Yeah. And just in the past month, basically, of the emails that we've been getting where people are yeah. like, we you guys sorry. joked about something happening to you at this point of time in your life, but like something did just happen to me. So we need to yeah. read all of those to everybody. I almost said, let's, I, in, my, in my brain, I said, let's do it at the end of this month, like our next encounters episode, but uh, we might need a break and then we'll do that. We'll, we'll do like a week or two of palate cleansers yeah. for yeah. sure. I've already been, we have some like helpful, plucking yeah. some like n- nice, happy, <laughs> safe. But until then, this is our Halloween encounters. Mm-hmm. 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 The veil is thin, baby. Yeah. And <laughs> we're together. Yes. Which is rare, and we're very excited to be able to share stories with you while we're together. Written by you, for you. While Corinne and I look at each other in the eye. I know. This is, like, is this not... Wait, this can't be entertaining. Can do... Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> for those like, of you... We're looking at the camera. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to make a conscious effort to, to look b- that do way. Do both. Yes. For those of you who are just listening to audio, Corinne and I have been joking about doing triangles to do like the pyramid scheme and stuff across the globe or i guess and finally we're coming together and we usually do it in frames but now we are doing it in person yeah we are yeah something we are. special marblehead baby marblehead do you want to start uh, if anyone didn't already Wait, we didn't even do our intro oh, this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost hi hi <laughs> <laughs> that is corinne we are your ghostesses i yes. did that backwards i'm sabrina and i'm trying really hard to get sabrina to move here which is why i'm going to talk about marblehead and how great it is <laughs> and how much fun she's having i am i'm having a for blast a week yes maybe a year maybe forever i just like immediately went to read mine first do you want to go first i think i asked you if you want to go first oh did you i think man my brain we also we were joking because we're always on the same wavelength. And there's been many instances mm-hmm. throughout the past few days where it's very clear we're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing that keeps happening <laughs> where technically we're still on the same wavelength, but in like the reverse, which is yeah. we keep losing each other. So whichever way one of us walks in the store, the other person will walk the exact the opposite, opposite to find yeah. the other person. So happened multiple times. We might think the same, have a lot of the same interests. Maybe our auras are similar. Very. I do think the the direction thing is connected to the fact that we usually are 3,000 miles away from each other. True, true. Maybe, oh, that would have been interesting if we could see if there's like some weird ant thing that lives within us, some ability (laughs) where like maybe every time I went looking for you, I subconsciously was walking to the west and you were walking to the east every time you looked for me so we're all just turned around wait actually if you think about it i think that we mm, i don't know we'll have to look on a map 
Because I know which way I walked when I was in the store, and I know which way you walked when we were in the restaurant. Let's look we'll this look up it after. Up. Okay. We might be on to something. <laughs> we're <laughs> scientists. All right. So I'm going to okay. read. I'm like, I don't know why I hunched over. Hunched. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm going to read an email from Matt. So Matt sent quite a few stories, and I'm definitely going to save some of the other ones for a future episode. Okay. But there's a good one I want to share with everybody right now. Oh, Okay. Hello, ghostesses. That's wicked cool, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> wow. We are wicked cool. I hope you enjoy reading my stories. My name is Matt and I live in Utah. I have a handful of stories for you, one involving my ghostly high school encounter, which is what I'm going to share. Okay. When I was in high school, a friend and I encountered something that we could not explain. I grew up in the shadow of Kennecott Copper Mine, the largest open pit mine in the world, if I Whoa. recall. That sounds really scary. Right. Yeah, but also cool. But very cool. My, I don't know why I'm not looking at you. I'm like looking at my thing like very cool. Yes, it was very cool, Sabrina. Very We're cool not to used to looking each other in the eye. I'm like eye contact. Eye staring contact. at you. Okay. My high school was founded in or around 1908. And for my neck of the woods, that's pretty old. Initially, all of the miners' children attended school there. As the town expanded, it transitioned from a K-12 school to a full-on 5 through A high school. State champs, baby. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Our school is full of old mining memorabilia as part of the decor. So That's cool. so cool. Wow. We legit have mining carts and rails <gasps> in our main hallway. Oh my gosh. How do people not like play with those all the time? Right? I feel like in high school, I'd be like jumping into them. This is like when you graduate as a senior, the senior prank is just stealing the railway or something. Do not give them any ideas, Corinne. So sorry for your losses. These details are pertinent to the story, I promise. Okay. Not that it matters. That was just a cool fact either way. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was a cold November. Wrestling season had just started, and that meant that I would stay after school until about 6 p.m. for practice each day. After practice, a friend and I decided that we would sneak into the auditorium and put the bat symbol, like Batman, <laughs> on the stage lights so that the next assembly we could get a good laugh about it. Mm -hmm. We were pretty wholesome kids. I'm sure everyone thinks that their high school is haunted, but we found out that ours actually is. <laughs> we had heard a rumor that there was an old bomb shelter built underneath the school during the Cold War, and there was an entrance in the boiler room, which was located oh. behind the stage in the auditorium. We made our way to the auditorium, running into no one. The school was vacant because, well, who wants to be at school at 6 p.m.? And we went through a side door that takes you directly backstage. It was oh pitch gosh. dark, except for the light radiating from the exit signs. The stage curtain was drawn shut, which made it even darker. We made our way to what we thought was the boiler room. Locked, of course. So we decided to see if we could get to the catwalks to begin our wholesome prank. Mm. With some work, we managed to get up onto the catwalk. Me, being a big baby, decided <laughs> that I would rather go into the auditorium to keep watch. As I was sitting on the stage, I heard a metallic clinging sound like the sound of a small piece of metal being dropped. But it wasn't rhythmic. It was just occasional. I asked my friend on the catwalk if he was dropping anything, to which he seemed confused and said no. So I narrowed down where the sound was coming from, and I found a handful of old pennies on the ground. I asked my friend if he was dropping these pennies. He came down right away and insisted that he was not dropping anything. Hmm. As he and I stood together by a small pile of pennies, we heard the sound again. This time... From across the auditorium, as we walked to oh investigate, gosh. something even more inexplicable happened. I heard the sound of someone clearing their throat from the press box above us towards oh. the back of the auditorium. I looked up, 
and I saw a dark figure of a person highlighted by a dim light behind them. Thinking someone was trying to prank us, I yelled, (laughs) hey! The person turned, looked at us, and then vanished. (gasps) I asked my friend, did you just see that? To which he started just running. (laughs) So we noped out of there, and it bothered me for a while. I wondered if I even saw what I saw, because my friend and I never really talked about it after that. I didn't see any details. I just saw the silhouette of a person. The next year, our school's power went out on Halloween. Best day ever. I had a really cool teacher that ditched the lesson to tell us scary (gasps) stories since it was Halloween. Oh my God, I love that. He told us that he was also a paranormal investigator and had actually investigated the school and stayed there overnight. What? Yeah. Oh, I wish this was my school. I wonder if the teacher did it without telling anyone. Turned all the lights. They oh, stayed overnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking he purposefully like wired the electricity oh my to go out so that he could do this. Oh, that'd be so cool. He even caught an EVP apparently. And he told us that he believes a miner is attached to the old equipment, mm. but he doesn't know how or why. So after the class, I told him about my experience because I was too scared to tell it in front of the whole class. And he told me that he also had a run-in with this same man in the auditorium. And he believes it was this guy that he caught an EVP of. Oh. I was spooked out for sure. And since I graduated about a decade ago, the school has undergone renovations. I wonder if that's what agitated the auditorium man. Hmm. I love the podcast. You guys get me through a lot of 12-hour workdays. And this is from Matt. Wow. Okay, if it weren't weird, I would want to go visit this high school. Like, I don't think it's appropriate for two nearly 30-year-old women to go walk into a high school and be like, we're here for the ghosts. No. But it would be fun. We we could do, I don't know, invite us to career day. We could say... (laughs) Hey, podcasting is in your future. You might go and get get degrees <laughs> and go to college and study other things. And maybe you'll go on even to get your graduate degree. But guess what? You'll be talking into a microphone telling ghost stories for the rest of your life. And then people will say you have one brain cell between the two of you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's fun. No, I mean, we. I think we've talked about this just you and I and not on the podcast, but it is incredible with what we do with this podcast because – In school, especially college or specifically college, you would write maybe one or two research papers per class per year, Mm -hmm. maximum. We write research papers every single week. Every single week. Every single week. Every week. And my brain is working in APA. Like I'm I'm like doing like APA citations at the end. I'm a bibliography. Work cited. Oh, you're an APA. Interesting. I'm an MLA girl. Oh, well, my grad grad school forced me in. And psych psych degrees, they force you into that. I don't even know if I know APA. It's, I mean, it's Is none it of the footnote fun. one? Now you're quizzing me. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. How dare you? We're not this in school right not now. This became not fun anymore. <laughs> but what, what we're trying to say is you learn in school to do research yes. and to write papers and to put your thoughts down yes. into hopefully logical and, and chronological order. Yeah. Sometimes I fail at that. We both fail at that sometimes. But it's helping Here us. All of our school is helping yes. us now. I want that teacher... Right? I want to be that teacher. I don't even want to be also, a teacher, but if I am, it's just because I want to go tell ghost stories to same. children. Matt, you need to tell us, what did this teacher teach? Yeah, like, what was the class was actually this, about? Your really cool English teacher. Mm-hmm. Was this just some surprise sub or something <laughs> that was like, oh, well, lights are out. Let's tell ghost stories. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this reminds me of 
When I did ballet growing up, Halloween was always like the best ballet class or like dance class. I also did, did jazz. Did everyone wear their black? Yeah, you, wear, you could come in costume. We would do the monster mash, of course. And we would like have like the whole room would be in spooky lighting and have mm-hmm. Halloween decorations up. But one of my dance teachers, Gabriel, he also taught me how to French braid my hair. I thought you were about to say French kiss. And I was like, <laughs> that is entirely inappropriate. Well, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> me figuring out unresolved trauma right now um <laughs> my dark there's Vanessa. probably a lot of it but no french braid my hair um <laughs> he would have us sit in a circle and he was actually the first person who told me like the scary stories to tell in the dark oh like he told me the dogs can lick too he told us the like person in the back seat all of them. Wow. What an incredible teacher. I know. He was Or instructor, I He guess. taught me a lot. Inspired me. Right. This was all in ballet class? All in ballet class. See, you can really <laughs> do whatever you want. <laughs> in whatever you, you want. you feel so inspired. Yes. I can't imagine being a parent and having my child come home from ballet and then not be able to sleep that night. And then they repeat what their ballet teacher, teacher taught them. them. And it was about the people can look to story. I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, we grew up in haunted houses. I feel like we experienced worse things. We were fine. There's definitely some other kids in that. Oh, class I was that probably not complained. fine. I'm, I was <laughs> horrified. I, I, I've said this before. I did not like. Oh, sorry, that was not a part. <laughs> that was my elbow on the table. I'm letting everyone know that now. Try to, if I try I'm to recreate holding my elbows it, up. and you can't okay. do it. It can't recreate it. Oh, it wasn't me. I know it wasn't you. It doesn't smell if it was. Okay. I'm just going to be real gentle with my hands. Oh, I hated scary things. I like truly, I watched The Mummy and Mm, slept with the lights on for months. See, the difference between you and I is when I think we both get really, really spooked from Mm -hmm. scary, scary movies. But there are certain movies like It and like The Mummy. Where the lead characters are just entirely too attractive, in my perception, Mm. for me to get fully spooked by the movie. Because the whole time I'm just thinking of, damn, that person is super hot. You know what's so fascinating is I don't think I thought – I don't think I found men attractive or anyone attractive until, like, freshman year of high school. Oh, that's okay. I know. Yeah. I know it is. (laughs) It's fine. Actually, Actually no, there was. there's a lot of other interests. There's a lot of other things that Except you don't for to be consumed with. Except for Malfoy. I mean, I've already said this before. Brendan Fraser in George of the Jungle was my sexual awakening. So, <laughs> Not Danny Phantom? No, he was my first crush. Okay. Different. That is different. Yes. Okay. So that first I, crush is like I had my heart. A few sexual crushes. awakening is like, whoa, there's a tingle somewhere. Hmm. Who was my first sexual awakening? <laughs> I'm trying to think I now. Actually, I was at a sorry. This is supposed to be a Halloween <laughs> episode. I was at a wedding the, the other day where uh-huh. I saw this guy Nick, who I was such good friends with growing up. Like he was one of my best friends, and like our our families camped together. Yeah. We we'd have like sleepovers. Like he had a bunch of younger siblings. I had my younger sibling, and I don't know what came over me, but I told him and his fiance <laughs> that. <laughs> I had my sexual awakening watching Church of the Jungle, and he was like, okay. And I was like, don't you remember? We watched it at your house. And he was like, what? Oh, why would you tell me that? 
Nice to see you. I haven't seen you in 12 years. I'm not sure why this is the first conversation. Good to know having. that I was a part of your sexual awakening. That you were sitting he right next to me. He was a part of it, but he was next he, to me. Well, yeah. So therefore, a part of it. The fact that you remember he was sitting right next to you. I do, because I was in someone else's house. And I was like, this is <laughs> just everything here is uncomfortable and confusing. Uh, now I'm desperately trying to figure out when mine was. And I don't Got to do like a little regression or something to figure it out. I mean, as we've figured out, there's so many things that I don't remember in my yeah. life. There's a lot of moments of awakening yeah, and sexual awakening and whatnot. Yeah. Orange is the new black. That did something to me. Yeah. Anywho, do you have a story you want to tell? <laughs> yes, but I'm really trying to figure <laughs> this out. <laughs> oh, man. I'll, figure, I'll come back to that later. Okay. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking? I like totally disassociated. Like my brain just like left. Or, like my soul just left my body trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when you try to remember something. Does this happen to you where you try to remember something and actually absolutely nothing happens? Oh, you like just you enter even, like a blank yes. ball and you can't even come up with like a word. Not even like a sound. Like ma. Like yeah, nothing. It's like, just Empty, empty right, cavern. Yes, yes. And you're like, why? Why can I not think a single thought? Anything. But anything. Not even steps not even to remember to yourself just yeah. yes exactly it's yeah. so strange well i was okay we are tangenting this is what happens when we're together because we just yes. it's yeah the vibes kind of because some people don't hear their thoughts in their mm-hmm. head and i'm someone who i have so many thoughts in my head and i'm i talk to myself and hear myself all the time maybe to a fault but that was my that what just happened was an experience of nothingness like emptiness it, you were, you were in somewhere else. It's black hole. But the somewhere else wasn't even like living another life for a moment. It no, was just I was just hole. like black hole. <gasps> no, these doors are old. Okay. I am excited for you to experience the heater. The screaming sound. of the heater. I really There's thought gonna someone was There's going to be some background noise in, in this one. And for that, we're sorry, but. I'm not sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Okay. See, usually we don't hold our own microphones. But this time. I know. I wish we had. I should have thought about this. We should have bought like little stands or something for right here. Yeah. But at least this time we are mature, sockless microphones. Oh, I actually brought an extra one of these just in case. Just in case. I really thought you'd forget yours. I found this one. I was like, I'm going to save the day. (laughs) Okay. This is from our listener, Cassie. And just trigger warning, there is uh, suicide by hanging in this story. Okay. For anyone who is listening. Okay. I've got a few encounters of stories I've experienced myself, but as far as I can tell, none of them really have any sort of connection. I've never been sure if it's me who attracts spirits or if it's the places I stay. So I'll tell each story individually. Maybe you can help me find any connections. Ever since I was little, I've always had a fascination slash borderline fear of ghosts, even though the first experience I had wasn't until I was about 16. I grew up in a creaky two-story house with a big backyard. It wasn't too old of a house, but definitely was not new construction. My room was the first room at the top of our very swirly staircase, which everyone who came over thought was cool, but something I was always terrified of. Mm. Makes me think of Hill House. Oh, oh. I, like, I wasn't thinking about it at all. I was thinking about all the cool examples I've seen on like HGTV mm. or something of it being from the children's playroom down into the kitchen. And I'm always oh, like, that's oh, I cool. wish I had that. For your future home. Yeah. Add it to the list. (laughs) The only upstairs bathroom was also next to my room. We have since moved away from that house, and looking back, I miss it dearly. But when I think about it, I was always terrified while I was actually living in it. I had many sleepless nights of just staring at the staircase, not knowing if something was going to come around the corner of the last turn of the stairs. 
while staring at my door every minute, every sound scared me. It's like Mm. my hearing was intensified. I slept and still do with my TV on to try to drown out any noises of an oldish house, but nothing seemed to keep me from hearing any noise that came from the bathroom or the hall closet down from my room or the spare bedroom that my alcoholic dad took apart but never put back together. All of the upstairs closets had French doors, the kind with two side-by-side doors and little knobs as handles. I became so terrified of those closets, one in my bedroom, one in the bathroom, and the hall closet, that I would tie hair ties around the knobs to keep anything from getting in or out. I realize now that if something was in any of those closets, it probably could have very easily broken those hair ties, but it made my child self feel better. This is like a real home alone situation. (laughs) It totally is. And also, like, the fact that Cassie's, like, I didn't experience anything, but was so terrified to the extent that Cassie's putting hair ties right. on the doors. Well, it's like, you just, sometimes you just know. Like, you feel yeah, that there's bad vibes, and it could happen. Just because right. you haven't truly experienced it doesn't mean that it won't happen. It won't. My mom always said, and still says, that I have a very active imagination. She was never very strict with my sister or me, but the one thing I was not allowed to do was watch scary movies, especially if it involves spirits or ghosts, because my mom did not want me running wild with my imagination. But I always wondered how I could be so scared of something if I never really saw anything to be scared of. Fast forward to me being a 16-year-old girl throwing a Halloween party. My mom and I had just moved across New York to live in Buffalo with my now stepdad, and I'm sure they only let me have a party to encourage me to make friends. Once everyone who wasn't sleeping over had left, my friend whipped out a Ouija board. Probably a bad idea for the girl with an overactive imagination and a fear of ghosts to use a Ouija board. Yeah. But we did it because we all go along with things we know we shouldn't do in high school. This is right. kind of a big jump from creating all the booby traps to stop anything bad from happening to just to playing with a Ouija board. <laughs> totally sitting down and being like, yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, that's the thing, though, with Ouija boards is like, Someone commented on one of our posts saying like, oh, bad things don't happen with Ouija boards if you set your intentions, but you don't, you can't guarantee that every person you're playing with is setting the same intention. Like, and let's take a moment to remember that almost like we are here all together with some knowledge of Ouija boards. If you, unless this is your yeah. very first episode of any spooky podcast yeah. with Two Girls, One Ghost, like you'll, you've at least heard the majority of people who use Ouija boards don't read the instructions, know absolutely yeah. nothing about it. Half of them are glow in the dark from Toys R Us. Right. Like it's usually kids playing it that are just going to, Hype each other up and push each other to go beyond. Or peer what, pressure. Like exactly. just doing it because other people are doing it, which sounds like Cassie's right. situation too. There's such a small percentage, I think, of people that actually appropriately use, use yeah. Ouija boards. So that is why we have so much trepidation and fear surrounding yes. it. And create all of these warnings. Right. Because we absolutely acknowledge and support people who are watching or listening that use Ouija boards properly. Like, hey, do you. Everyone should be able to do what they want. Right. But and just, congratulations on yeah. figuring it out. <laughs> I mean, don't get us wrong. We also love to hear the stories when they go wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> we also feel bad. Okay. So Cassie starts playing. Anyway, I'm not sure what we even asked or said to the board, but I do remember that that morning after going to sleep, I felt like I was half awake, half asleep. All of a sudden, a black hole was coming at me. What? It opened wider and it turned into a mouth and a grudge girl-like face coming at me, screaming in a low tone voice. Ew, this is so, I hate this. Terrifying. I instantly woke up terrified and I attributed it to the Ouija board and swore I would never use one again. I'm 26 now and still have not used one. 
Good call. Jump to after college graduation, and I am now living with my cousin and her husband at their house in Maryland. I work in D.C. I was home alone while they were on their honeymoon, and I was in the den watching TV, and I fell asleep on the couch. All of a sudden, I woke up, and I couldn't breathe. Something was pushing on my chest. I couldn't move. I couldn't even open my eyes. Side note, I am able to control my dreams, and I often have dreams that I'm drowning, but once I'm about to die, I can literally tell myself, this is a dream, I can breathe underwater, and then my dream continues with me being underwater and being aware that I'm taking breaths. Oh, wow. That makes me wonder if that's connected to a past life. Oh, interesting. Like the drowning thing. Yeah. Well, also just amazing to have that much control over- Yes, dreams. Their dreams, yeah. Yeah. But this dream I couldn't control, and I could tell it wasn't a dream. At this point, I was crying, my eyes still closed, and I was doing everything I could to move, breathe, anything. But all I could do was squint my eyes open. And as soon as I did, I saw a shadow of a man standing across from me, leaning on the door of the bathroom. Based on the outline of him, he was wearing a fedora hat and a trench coat, almost like a detective or hat hat man. man. I don't know. All of a sudden, I was gasping, help, help, even though I knew nobody was home with me. Then whatever was pushing on my chest led up and I could breathe again. And I felt like I had just woken up, even though I knew I was not asleep. I have never in my life been so terrified, and I have since moved into my own apartment, but still go back to help with their seven-month-old daughter. I've noticed that while I'm in her room, which was my old room, rocking her to sleep, I can see things moving in the hallway through the crack of the door. But no one actually walks by, and the cat is sound asleep on the couch. I've never brought it up, but my cousin just casually mentioned how when she's rocking the baby, she sees things walk past the door when it's just the two of them in the house. Oh, no. Oh, it's it's like both comforting but also disturbing to have a a third party come in and tell you that what you're feeling and seeing is actually happening. Like You don't want it to be true, but there's also some comfort in knowing that you're not the only one to experience it. But also, that's so scary for everyone involved. Right. And for Cassie's cousin, too, it's probably, like, a relief to be able to finally talk about it because you're with your newborn child or, like, seven-month-old baby right. by and yourself. And how many times did that happen before she felt like she should mention right. something? I mean, think about the country. Or felt comfortable coming forward. That's right. how it all starts. Truly. In my mind, I'm like, girl, how are you just saying this like you're telling me what you had for lunch today? <laughs> I told her I experienced the same thing, and she seemed a little more concerned. We've both also noticed that the baby monitor, which has a camera in it that you can watch through your phone, goes from color to black and white and then back to color and back to black and white. It's only supposed to happen when the lighting in the room changes. Like during the day when it's bright, it's in color, but at night it switches to night mode and is in black and white. But why does it switch back and forth in the middle of the day when it's bright as heck? You know why? It's the ghost! One day, while making food in the kitchen, the baby was asleep and my cousin was working in her office and I heard clear as day... Hey, come here. It was so clear. It sounded like someone was outside the window calling a dog or something. But I looked and no one was there. I went to my cousin's office and asked if she called me and she said no. She hadn't said anything. She looked at me half joking, half serious. It's just the ghost. So moving on about the apartment I'm in now was probably my least favorite experience. I have two cats, but when this happened, I only had one. Gracie. She loves attention and snuggling, and I was sitting on my couch watching TV. Hmm, I guess I need a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) TV is a hobby. Gracie was curled up next to me, 
And she woke up out of a dead sleep, ran to the closet door across from me, sitting there staring at it, and eventually starts pawing at the wall next to the door. It made me uneasy, but I was trying not to look too much into it because I didn't want to scare myself. But this became a recurring thing and eventually scared me less and less. I just accepted, hey, maybe there's a ghost in my closet. (laughs) I wonder, I just want to know what cats think. I know. And pets in general. Yeah, all pets. Trust your pets. Until one night I was sitting on my couch and the handle on the door that enters into my apartment started shaking like someone was trying to come in. I froze, staring at the door, and it stopped. I went back to whatever I was doing, probably watching TV, and it started shaking again. I got out, looked at the people, but no one was there. But I saw it shaking. I know I did. An hour goes by and I'm still scared, but whatever. There's nothing I can do about it. The door starts shaking again. (laughs) I got up, hit the door, and it stopped. I looked. No one was there. I figured, okay, I don't want to be terrified for the rest of the night, so I'm going to bed. And I climbed into bed. As much as Gracie likes to snuggle, she always goes to sleep under my bed in one of my drawers on top of my nice clean clothes, of course. But that night, she didn't. That night, she climbed up onto my bed and laid down next to my feet. I turned off the light and she started running in circles, making that low-toned cat growl sound that cats make when they're scared or threatened. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just snotted onto my (laughs) microphone. Nervous to put my elbows down. I don't want to make farting noises. I lost my shit and turned the light on and my cat stopped. What was she scared of? Why wasn't she sleeping under my bed like normal? I was too afraid to look and find out. I work for the company that owns the apartment building. So the next day at work, I asked someone for the security number since, well, I'm a girl who lives alone in a big city and should probably have a contact that can help me quickly if I need it. She asked why and I explained what happened. She let my building manager know and they immediately changed my locks, which I appreciated. But I knew that it was not a person trying to get in. It took me a while to not be terrified of walking into my apartment. Not long after that, I was in my bathroom and I noticed something that sounded like a vacuum turn on. I figured it was my neighbor just cleaning. Our walls are thin and I don't own a vacuum, so that was just the first thing that came to my mind. I walked out into my bedroom and I found my hairdryer turned on. Mm. Turned on. I just stood there like, um, all right, what the F? It's not the kind where you push a button to turn on. It's the kind that is a round brush blow dryer all in one. And you have to physically twist the bottom of the dryer to turn it on and adjust the settings. Oh, gosh. Cold air is one click. Warm air is two clicks. And hot air is three clicks. I went to turn it off and it was turned all the way to hot. I can maybe understand if my cat had done it and it was clicked to cold air. But this was all the way up. What the fuck? I turned it off and put that bitch away under my bathroom sink. (laughs) I was officially terrified of this apartment. My last story is my most recent experience, and it was right at the beginning of the pandemic around April of 2020. I went back home to stay with family because who wants to live alone during a worldwide crisis? Mm -hmm. Not me. I stayed with my aunt since she let me bring Greasy Girl, but the room I stayed in was not my favorite. I would wake up at 3 a.m. most nights and was terrified of the closet at the end of the bed. I had a dream, or more like an experience, with a middle school friend of mine who had died by suicide by hanging herself in her family home closet about two years after I moved to Buffalo. So this dream, it started off black. We were in a black room, a light illuminated set of stairs, and she was guiding me up them, leading me to the spot where she had died. The whole walk up the stairs, I felt absolute dread. One of the only ways I can describe it, and it doesn't really even make sense to me, is that if the color black had a feeling, I felt that. I've never had such strong feelings from a dream, which is why I say this is more like an experience. I woke up and felt just like I did in the dream, with a huge pit in my stomach. 
Is this what she felt like while she was living? I felt like this for days and I still wonder what it meant. I'm getting a little anxiety writing about it, so I'll stop there. But I think you guys get the point. I think this email is a little longer than most of my college essays. Why wouldn't any of my professors ask me to write about paranormal experiences? I would (laughs) have gotten much better grades. Now I really have to go to the bathroom, but I'm scared to walk past, you guessed it, a closet. Thanks for reading. I'll leave you with some pictures of Gracie, the gray kitty, and our new adopted friend, Blue, who's the white kitty. Oh, Oh, sweet kitty. Look at them hugging. Look at them hugging. Look at their bellies. Oh, I love a big belly. Oh, okay. I'll share these with the... Oh, my gosh. We'll have our editors put them up on the side. Like right here for everyone to see. <laughs> kind of like a newscast. <laughs> Blasting out <laughs> pictures of other people's pets. Look at the pets. I mean, I do- Gracie, right? Uh, Cassie. Cassie. Sorry. I, I don't... I don't even know where to begin. I mean, this is like a lifetime of activity. And clearly this is not something that, I mean, it's always been around clearly because she felt it growing up. Right. But But made so many conscious steps up until that point in high school to protect herself as much as she could from it. Mm -hmm. And then I just feel like it just, just kept increasing and increasing. And just when you think that you've escaped the one thing, Something else happens. The baby monitor situation where it's going black and white into color is making me wonder if there's a spirit that's literally standing in front of the camera. <gasps> and to oh. our naked eye, it just like it looks like nothing. It looks like the camera's just switching. But there is some sort of like dark mist that the camera is picking up on and immediately switching to black oh, and white. That's so right? fascinating. Ooh. It's just someone pacing or standing there. Hopefully, hopefully a good spirit <sighs> who just loves babies or is yeah. A relative or, or someone. The hey, come here that Cassie heard does make me think it's, hey, someone come check on the baby. Like maybe the baby mm. was about to start crying or needed a diaper change or something. Right. I don't know. That's I hope true. it's good. I feel like babies, we've heard so many stories where babies just open people up and yeah. places up. But I do feel like I just had a reading where I was told that my grandma has my future daughter on her lap and is like holding on to her until she's ready to be born with us Mm -hmm. which is wild but like this idea that our ancestors are just so connected to us through our children like they they're like this is my role now i'm gonna be your your offspring's guardians yeah yeah it is and also i feel like you're making me think too i think in the past whenever we've talked about how babies open up the space or open up other people it's always been like oh our are there other spirits passing through that are attracted to come see the baby? Or are there ah. people in the house that want to see the baby? But now you're making me think with with this story or or what the psychic or whoever did the reading told us or told you. Mm-hmm. What if this is someone else who is also potentially going to be born in the future, just checking in on their sibling oh. or future oh. mom? You know, like <gasps> it could be generations oh. apart, but somehow still like there's lineage there. That reminds me of the story we read. And oh, this is the thing. We've read so many stories that sometimes we, we'll talk about things and it triggers a memory of the yes. story that I kind of forgot. That story of I think a woman, they had a baby, and when the baby was, like, young, they kept having, like, problems with their doorbell. It kept ringing, and then their next child was born, and when they got older, they were like, yeah, I, I used to come visit before I was born, and I would, like, h- hide in Sissy's closet or something like that. Do you remember this? Oh, yes. It's starting to ring a bell. Like, literally, ring a bell. Uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, we always say, like, what is time? But it's we also like... Know. What what even is the spirit world? You know, sometimes we always think of, oh, 
Actually, I have to tell you something interesting that I learned the other day from the internet. (laughs) TikTok? Yes. (laughs) A source. A a well-known media. It's a video source. You you could probably find it. You can put it APA citations for us? No. But there was this one psychic medium who was talking about how she'll enter space and oftentimes she'll feel, obviously, like if there's someone there. Right. And that there's certain places that she absolutely refuses to go and hates to go, which are really dark. So, like, let's say for an example, Gettysburg mm-hmm. or or like an the orphanage shop we walked into, the shop that we walked into. Yeah. Like, there are places where you know horrible things have happened to people, mm. and it doesn't necessarily equal like death at this place doesn't always equal it being like negative Negative, feelings but she was saying that a lot of the residual hauntings are actually splinters of someone's soul that chips off so if you experience something very traumatic like let's say we're in here yeah and we experience something super traumatic in this room yeah but we don't die we go on and live a part of our soul might chip off and that piece oh. of us that experienced the trauma and was so incredibly scared stays here. And we are an active residual haunting. So even though we might check out of this That, I believe place, this. Yeah. Yeah. In a week's time, someone else could be in here and be like, this place is haunted. And guess who it is? It's it looks a, like you. Me. It looks like me. That's so fascinating because I always, I mean, I don't know that there's any science to this or evidence to this, but I have often felt like. I am so tired because I don't have all of my soul. Like, I don't feel like I'm fully in my body. Yeah. I've probably lost part of it well, I along think the way. I might be wrong, but I think some of that is shadow work. And then there's another mm. thing. I had said, well, I one of my co- old coworkers had written it down for me because she does this sort of work where she works with different therapists and oh. whatnot to go into the astral plane and try to find these chips Collect of people oh. and help add that back to you for for your own healing and therapy, but wow. also like to heal your – she does like the soul piece of it, like finding those pieces to bring back to you for you to heal and like reattach. We should look into that. Yeah, we should. I'll ask her. I'll text her. I'll okay. see what it's called again. That's maybe so Maybe she could do it for you. I don't know. E. Yeah. Okay. So Come wild. find me, soul. Let's come Let's find get reconnected. <laughs> Come back into me. Come back. I want to okay. be repossessed by myself. That's fun. Yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty. This is from Rachel. The story's pretty long, so I'm going to jump right in. I grew up in a house my parents built on an old farm in western Kentucky. My earliest memory is walking down the hallway and being grabbed and brought into the bathroom with the mm? lights off and the door locked. What? I thought my older sister was just being mean, and so I didn't freak out at first. And then I saw a reflection in the mirror that in my childish mind, probably four years old, I recognized as Ursula the Sea Witch. (gasps) I immediately felt terror. I started crying to get out of the bathroom. And after what felt like forever, my mom opened the door and asked me what was going on. I told her my sister had locked me in there. And she looked confused and told me my sister wasn't even in the house. We didn't talk about it after that. Oh, my gosh. The next incident I remember is playing in my bedroom when suddenly pencils and crayons started flying out of my closet. I got up to run, and again, my door was locked. I couldn't get out. Then bigger toys started flying out of the closet. I screamed for both of my older sisters, let's call them Kate and Annie, who were babysitting me at the time, and they told me to quit holding the doorknob. I vividly remember not standing anywhere near the door while they said that I was messing with the knob. This is horrifying. I know. This is so aggressive. It's like the poltergeist. Truly. Whoa. 
Finally, my oldest sister, Annie, came around to my bedroom window from outside. I was on a first floor bedroom, and this was the only way that they could get me out. As soon as she had me through the window, my bedroom door flew open. <gasps> oh my gosh, I hate this so much. To this day, oh she my insists gosh. that I locked the door, and I'm just being dramatic. Some months later- Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that happens. Oh my gosh, okay. Some months later, Kate and I were watching a movie in the living room while Annie was outside laying out with her boombox. The 90s, am I right? (laughs) Suddenly, we heard a loud boom from the basement, and then a man's voice calmly said, Kate, we thought it might be our dad as he runs some chicken barns just behind our house during the day and would sometimes come back home through the walkout basement door. We ran to the stairs and looked down but didn't see anyone. We looked out the back windows and we saw that our dad's truck was still down about half a mile down the road at the chicken barns. We shrugged and we went back to the movie and as soon as we got comfortable, we heard the voice again, but this time it was more agitated. Kate, This time, we were scared. We slowly approached the basement door once again and heard, Kate! That voice was not our dad's. We closed the door and locked it to keep whatever it was down there away from us, and we ran outside to tell Annie. She thought that we were stupid. (laughs) We begged her to come listen. We got inside and we noticed that our movie was turned off and the VHS tape was sitting neatly on the coffee table. Kate and I spent the rest of the day outside refusing to go back into the house. We never found out exactly what had happened, but both of us had several more experiences throughout our childhood involving moving items, phantom voices or noises, and just intense fear for no reason. My mom and I even came home one night to find Kate, who had been home alone on Halloween, sitting on the porch with a butcher knife. (gasps) Oh my gosh! A big-ass knife in a trance. She wouldn't speak. She wouldn't move. After hours of trying to get her to communicate, she just got up and went to her bedroom without a (gasps) word, woke up the next day as if nothing ever happened, and never spoke of it again. Stop. Stop it. Oh, my God. I know. I will say that my dad was physically and verbally abusive as a person, and I fully believe that his negative presence impacted the vibes of our house. He moved out when my parents got a divorce, and when my mom remarried my stepdad, it made our home a very happy place to live in. We still had occasional experiences, but nothing as heavy as the things that I had mentioned above. Those weren't even heavy. Those were – that that was, like, extreme. That was beyond heavy. Yeah. When I started high school, we moved, and I still have the occasional paranormal experience, but nothing has affected me in the way that that house did for several years. Hope this wasn't too long. Thanks for sharing so many people's experiences. It makes it so much easier to cope when you know that other people have been through something similar. I have to send in some more stories about my haunted dorm room, a terrifying (laughs) experience with sleep paralysis, and communicating with my dad who passed away in 2019. Mm. But for now, the length of this email is more than sufficient. (laughs) Keep up all the great work. See you on the other side, Rachel. Okay, well, Rachel, I'm really sorry you grew up in such a terrifying, heavy house. The being grabbed and pulled into the bathroom by an entity and that being the first experience. That's not even Rachel's first paranormal memory. That's her first memory memory as a child, Ah. as a human being. That's the first thing you remember in your life. Because it's so traumatic. I mean, also four years old. Like, that's that's still an early memory. Like, I think I have, like, one memory from when I was four, maybe. And then – and for this entity to continuously lock Rachel in rooms. Mm -hmm. I do – it does make me feel like there's multiple spirits in this home because, like, the the voice calling – I mean, maybe it's a – 
demonic entity that right. can mimic and do things. But the knife thing too. Oh gosh, with Kate. Ah, oh. I know. Well, it sounds like it sounds like Rachel and Kate had so much activity towards them, and so I do wonder if Annie. It sounds like Annie was the oldest yeah. sister. I wonder if Annie ever experienced anything, or if she maybe was intimidating to whatever the spirit right. was with her potential teenage angst mm-hmm. moments. You know. Or if Annie just doesn't want to believe things. Right. Maybe Annie had plenty of experiences but never wants to talk about it. Yeah, it's easy to block out when you don't. (sighs) The fact, though, that – because the experience that Rachel had when she was locked in her room and all the toys were being thrown at her and her sisters are trying to get her out of the room. Normally, I'd say those are just older sisters being terrible and tormenting you. Holding the door door. closed and saying, My sister did that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But the fact that they went around the side to get her and then the door flung open. Yes. And let's also remember that that wasn't the only paranormal thing happening in that moment. There were toys flying. Okay. That is why I'm really, this really reminds me of the movie Poltergeist. I think that exact situation happens. The little girl, like the toys are flying in her room. And then, like, she gets locked in there and everyone's trying to pull open oh the door. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, do you remember in The Sixth Sense that also happens, Ugh. too, where he goes to the the crawl space, oh, like yeah, that he gets closet at the top there. of the stairs, <gasps> and he gets locked in there at the party oh, that one's or funeral? I don't remember what was happening in that Don't downstairs, they kind of bully but... him and put him in there and then yeah. he can't get out? Yeah. Oh. oh. These are so, so spooky. And all of these things happening on Halloween, too. I mean, that's when the veil is the thinnest. So. Yes. So a lot of things In and around happen. this time. So. You may experience some paranormal activity. I am trying to end with a more positive one. Okay. Potentially. Okay. This is from our listener, Arentha. It is called Halloween Blood Transfusion. Did I receive Ghost Boy's mom's blood? <laughs> what? Boo. This is my story of a blood transfusion I received in 2008. I was dealing with some health issues and I received a blood transfusion on Halloween. Yes, on Halloween morning. Vampire status that day. The morning after my transfusion, I woke up to what felt like a hug. I rolled over and realized I was alone and had this weird feeling that someone was staring at me. I felt the hair on my neck rise and I had goosebumps. I got ready for the day and went into the kitchen and I had an awful feeling that someone was near me. I sat down on the couch to watch TV and couldn't shake the feeling that someone was sitting by me and just staring at me. Mm. I got up, went into another room, same feeling. I did my best to ignore the feeling as the day went on. I took a nap and I had a nightmare immediately and woke up right away. I did not want to be alone. My kids and ex-husband eventually came home and I felt somewhat better. That night I went to sleep and I had a nightmare. In my dream, I was sitting on the couch with a blanket covering me and I felt my blanket being pulled away from me. I looked down, and from under the coffee table, I saw a face staring back at me. It was a lady's pale face staring at me. She smiled, and I could clearly see the veins on her face, her pale eyes, and even an evil smile. I woke up so scared and didn't know what to do. I eventually fell asleep after some time had passed. The next day, I woke up to the same feeling, so I finally told my ex-husband and we called my dad. I started crying when he answered the phone, and he came down to my home right away. I am Native American, and we use our traditional prayers and herbs, so he did a prayer with some cedar and some other herbs we use in our tribe. He prayed and thanked whoever's blood I received during my transfusion and smudged me and my home. Strangely, after he did that, everything stopped. The feeling of someone following me also stopped and my nightmares went away. I received my last blood transfusion 
in 2010. And as I'm typing it, it just dawned on me. What if the blood I received was from a woman who was a mom to the little ghost boy who used to haunt me? Oh, eek, creepy. And for some context, I believe we've read a story from Arentha on Encounters 135, which was a crossover with Ladies and Tangents, about this ghost boy. Mm. But even if it's not related to the little ghost boy, maybe the blood did belong to this woman in some way. Right. But it also makes me wonder, too. I mean, people can donate blood and still be living when Mm -hmm. when you have their blood in you. So it makes me wonder if that's something where is there like some sort of actual projection thing happening where this woman is dreaming about her and doesn't realize and it's just thinking like that's so strange i keep having these dreams of this one woman what if the woman's blood that she received is haunted by this entity like this woman who gave her blood is tormented by this entity and the entity followed the blood wait that's like that jessica biel movie wait was it jessica biel jessica alba jessica alba yeah where she has the eye the eye transplant well and then it and then it just <laughs> makes me start to spiral with with all the like organ transplants and whatnot that people get where they have all these new memories and all these new emotions yes. and feelings and parts of their personality sometimes change, change because they get a chip of another person. And like, why can't blood do that same thing? What if she thinks she's being haunted by this woman, but the woman exists in her blood and is now just like a projection? Oh, or yes, is being haunt- also haunted by this thing. Remember how I said I'm going to end on a better one? <laughs> Oops, I lied. I'm so sorry. I know. I thought that was out of character for you. I knew we'd get back around. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was better and then it wasn't. <laughs> no. No. The only good part about this is that, that Arenta, it's gone. That it's gone now and that Arenta got her blood transfusion. Yeah. She got that's the, tr- what she yeah. needed. Yes. Man. Wow. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. You spooky booches. We hope you guys have the best freaking holiday yes. ever in a few days. It's the weekend, and we expect everybody to be tagging us in your costumes. Yes. There is a costume competition at Two Girls, One Ghost. Yes. Uh, so head on over to our Instagram to find the information on yes. that. We have a highlight on our Instagram to let you know what the rules submit. are. Submit yourself. We have trophies for the winners. so We do. They're cool. Mm-hmm. We might keep them for ourselves. I know. We should have ordered more. <laughs> Dang it. All right. All right. Well, well, we hope you stay safe this Hollow's Eve and Halloween. And uh, if anything spooky or strange or unusual happens to you, please email it to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We're very grateful for you. Make sure to rate and review us and any other podcasts you like on iTunes. It really does make a difference and is a great way to show support for the people and podcasts that you love. And other ways to show support are social media, Patreon, uh, the Pyramid Scheme, as you all have heard and know about. Watch us on YouTube. Subscribe on there. What else? That's it. Yeah. And we will. Well, thank you to our editors. Oh, and also thank you to our editors. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you to Aiden Manning and the entire team at FRI Digital, Eric Foster, Max Lodian. We are very grateful for all of your work. And now we will see see you. On the Don't look at me. Other <laughs> side. <laughs> Very smooth.